should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book. You can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Oh, and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have them, because it's a new year but the same us. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Benedict, who needs an alibi that puts him 5,000 miles away from Brazil on Sunday. <laughs> Benedict, what's your favorite meat substitute? Uh, okay, once again, I'm going to ask you to define the parameters <laughs> in, in a classic refrain right. of mine. It doesn't have to be like, you know, Satan or things gotcha. that, that like vegans will come up with yeah, to yeah. replace meat with, right? It doesn't have to be anything like that. But like if you have a recipe mm-hmm. and you don't want meat in it, what would you use instead? Uh, probably mushrooms, depending on the recipe, but probably mm-hmm. mushrooms would be the mm-hmm. most likely just to get a bit of, a bit of heft, you know? I gotta say that, uh, what's that burger joint? The, the one that, you know, the one that has the mushroom thing that has that cheese mushroom patty thing. You know, know what I'm talking about. Okay. How do you not know what I'm talking about? Is it Shake Shack? Shake Shack. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Okay. Shake Shack. I do enjoy that portobello covered in cheese and so what you're saying is you admit that shake shack is better than in and out bullshit okay. bullshit how dare you <laughs> pistols that, at dawn that was kevin's moment of radicalization ladies and gentlemen <laughs> this is how benedict pushes me <laughs> to kevin will be storming the local shake shack he's on the next plane <laughs> to my shake shack it'll be me and a bunch of guys in just with an in and out flag just like <laughs> Stand on top of the counter with a Viking helmet on. <laughs> yeah, That's right. it's a good time. It's no, always it's a good always time. It's always a good time. What about you? What's your What's your favorite meat substitute? Uh, I so I've gone uh, meatless for January. Okay. Oh, um, cool. Going going vegetarian, uh, but not uh, vegan. Just, not vegan. No, okay. I can't. I am allowing myself, you know, uh, uh, seafood um, and so, eggs. So not are, are my two. Well, look, there's plutty of vegetarians out there who will still eat fish. Pescatar- right? um, yeah, they're called pescatarians. Sure. I don't look, I don't I don't you know me, I'm not big on labels. That's right? true, yeah. Famously uh, not big on but, labels. You know, I'm getting older. I'm I'm thirty one now. I'm thirty one, right? <laughs> Meat hurts sometimes. <laughs> Tell me I'm thirty one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um sometimes I forget my own age. Uh, they, yeah, they so, tell yeah. you about the meat sweats. They don't tell you about meat pain. <laughs> Which comes in the 30s. Meat sweats okay. I could handle. Meat Thank pain. You, Captain Gout. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> uh, gout does run in my family. Mine that's too. To consider. I know. We're so similar in so many ways. Uh, but that's one of the considerations. Uh, you know, and also I'm getting older. I need to be a little healthier. So I'm, you know, meatless for January. Okay. And then I'm going to, you know, beyond that, uh, try and eat less meat. Okay. Uh, especially since I'm a huge lover of of you know what many people don't consider meat things like uh packaged bologna mm. uh that are they're one of my staples of my diet typically yeah i would um, say that which, you, you should not eat that i was i thought things you, i actually clash so say, much with my love of cooking they i thought you were so gonna much. say i'm a huge lover of animals and what instead you said 
look, I love animals too, but let's be honest, they're tasty. Mm. Uh, but you know, try to cut back on all that stuff. Uh, so I'll be eating, eating meat less. That's the hope. Uh, if I can keep on this, it'll be nice. Okay. Uh, you know, and I, I have some people in my life uh, who have gotten uh, colon cancer and things uh, recently. So okay. you know, sort of brings it front of mind. All Would that do. red meat I'm eating all the time. Maybe, yeah. uh, maybe not so good. Um, uh, how, let's, let's transition out of this t- depressing part of the show, Benedict. Can you answer the question, though? Oh, tofu. Okay. Tofu was my answer. Okay. I've been doing a lot of tofu, because okay. I do a lot of soups, mm. um, and, uh, firm tofu goes pretty well in most yeah, soups. Yeah, it's good in soups. I can never get it to be, like, the, the, the flavor never, like, penetrates the tofu is my problem. Oh, you like, gotta, you can make you that... gotta marinate no, it No, I, I know, but it doesn't, it still doesn't do what I want it to do. Mm. Which is be meat. <laughs> it's the <a> problem. <laughs> I can make the outside of tofu taste so good, but then it's yeah, still tofu. The inside's always the inside. same. The inside's always the same. That's why you got to slice it really thin. Yeah, slice yeah. it it's really, just really, really thin. Yeah, I, I slice it really thin and then cover it in breadcrumbs and fry it in sesame oil. <laughs> and it's delicious. But I think gets rid of the healthy element. I think it does. Yeah. I think it does. Anyways, Benedict, uh, you probably know. Uh, what it is we do here on this program. Uh, but some of those folks out there, those who who eat bologna sandwiches mm. all the time, uh, they might not know exactly what it is we do here on this program. And they might say, this is the show where we go deep, 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 deep. I forgot you to forgot set up to the voice it. modulator again. I'm Damn just, it. I'm just imagining someone who's so into a bologna sandwich that they're listening to the podcast <laughs> and not taking in what's happening. They're just no, listening just to podcasts about bologna sandwiches. That's what it is. Yeah, they found us through SEO to. for bologna sandwiches. You got to put bologna sandwiches in the show notes. Oh yeah, that's how you do that SEO, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Random keywords, random keywords. <laughs> <laughs> to plumb the depths of right-wing thought by reviewing a chapter from work of conservative nonfiction and in between taking a look at other examples of the right doing their best to make America hate again start us off Benedict do you have a hot take for us this week yeah I do <laughs> I do and it's it, you're not gonna like it because it's I, I, I it, and no because this time it's every time I get ready to record I think how easy it would be if I didn't have to do this fucking mic setup every time <laughs> So I wish that I could sound good on the podcast without oh. a mic setup. That is my hot you take. Realize, you realize you could just leave the mic up on the desk. No, because I have you, to work. I can't just put my... Ha- okay, you have that little... I know the stand you have because I bought it for you. I know. So you could leave it clamped on the desk and just tilt the microphone up so it's out of view. Yeah. But then I, it would damage my table. No, it. God, I'm going to buy you a nice one. I'm just going to fucking buy you a nice one. I'm going to buy you the one that you I You mean have. our patrons Fine. are going to buy us and I invite me a nice sure. one? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's my hot take. I also, I just don't have enough desk space to have this whole fucking. It clamps thing. onto the very. Not that. Back the, of the, the, desk. the Scarlet Solo thing is the problem. It's like wires I'll everywhere. I'll get you an extra little tiny table, too. <laughs> I don't want a tiny table, Kevin. <laughs> I have limited space. I live in New York. Why has it got to be so complicated? (laughs) What's your hot take? Uh, My hot take this week, Benedict, um, is that uh, uh, nothing's good right now. Nothing's good right now. We all enjoyed a nice week of laughing at Republicans, unable to get their shit together uh, over the Speaker of the House. Um, But when you see people like Marjo Green and Matt Gates cheering how they got everything they wanted out of that. Yeah, it's less funny when they're actually in charge. Yeah, they actually are in charge of this shit show now. And that's just going to make everything so much worse. We all enjoyed our laugh. Funny ha ha. They fucked up all week. Couldn't get anything done. 
And now we're in for, at the minimum, a horrible two years. Well, it's just going to be, well, the the best case is that it's two years where nothing happens. Oh, we're facing multiple government shutdowns. Oh, yeah. Is my... Is yeah, what yeah. I'm, I'm but saying. Those Multiple aren't, government shutdowns. Those aren't popular. Like, people don't like it when that happens. No, but the fucking Freedom Caucus loves it. Yeah, Because they're, they're a bunch of know-nothing yeah. dipshits. Yeah, it's very silly, but Ugh. people will get mad about it. Because people get mad about things that affect their daily lives, and then you're like, whose fault is this? The Republicans? There you go, so... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Anyways, on to housekeeping this week. Benedict, remember to rate and review us on the iTunes. At uh, Follow us on the social medias at NYGBCPod and at NYGBCBen on Twitter. Uh, no updates this week, but we do burp right in the middle of the show like I do. So professional over here. We do have some new patrons mm. to bring in this week. Including uh, one who has my sp- favorite patron name we've ever had, I think. Sorry yes. to all our current patrons. Wow, really spoiling it up front. You really can't even wait until we get to it. No, so I So two new patrons away. this week, Benedict. Henry King, you are now part of our... New World Spooky World Order. And yes, that was Benedict's favorite patron name. Yeah, that's... Benedict's that was it, yeah. Guy. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> I famously By the love, way, I will point out... As a Brit, we King, love our King Henrys. <laughs> Henry King did come out swinging strong for being one of my most liked patrons... Uh, for saying he became a patron because of my comments about the greatness uh, that is Command & Conquer Red Alert 2. One of the greatest games ever made to this very day. Uh, so you're always in my heart for that. But also, Benedict, joining us this week is our new patron. And that's our show. Join us next week when our guest will be Henry Kissinger. You are now part of our... New World Spooky World Order. <laughs> I would love to what talk about Henry Kissinger. I mean, what happens when Kissinger dies? Do you have to change that to... No, uh, it changes to Henry Kissinger's ghost. (laughs) Also, Henry Kissinger will never die. (laughs) You know what? At this point, I'm pretty pretty convinced Kissinger will never die. There's a a picture of him in the attic that's somehow even uglier than his actual physical (laughs) form. Well, Benedict, unlike Henry Kissinger, you and I are... I'm not a witch. <laughs> We're not witches. Well, wow, speak witches, for yourself. Uh, but anyways, Benedict, why don't we get into it this week? And, uh, bit different so, this week. A little bit different, yeah. So, uh, for a couple reasons, we decided to switch it up today. I and am not lazy. Do a lun- uh, Reason number one. Call B. And not do a lunatic fringe episode, right? So first... Because over the last few months, Benedict and I have repeatedly had sort of half conversations at the beginning of the show about things going on in the world today, which I have always ended by insisting that we are not a current event show. Which we are not. really wanting to talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> so we're indulging ourselves for this one week. Yeah! Yeah, we thought it'd be fun to break the format for an episode and just talk about the current events of the last year. So sort of a 2022 year in review type thing. Except we've already done our first episode of 2023, so ignore that. I know, we really should have timed it out better, but whatever, it doesn't matter. It's It's our show, we get to do what we want. Yeah, it's Uh, my show and I'll cry if I want to, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we'll be talking about some of the stuff that we really wanted to talk about last year, um, but we didn't get to. But, you know, we get to be self-indulgent for a moment. Allow us. 
And second, another reason, is because I hit a bit of a wall on the next Lunatic Fringe episode I was putting together, and I need to put out a call for assistance to the listeners Mm. to help make it happen. So the next Lunatic Fringe episode I was working on was about Clinton conspiracies. Ooh, fun. And there is an audio slash video clip that I need to do the episode. I cannot find it, and I'm hoping that you all there can help us get this and this primarily goes to our knowledge fight crossover fans out there who will know exactly what i say when i say when i mean when i say i need the larry nichols witches clip (laughs) so i managed to find on youtube a clip from a later appearance of nichols in like 2018 it's like some pseudo documentary thing where he accused hillary of being a witch but that's not the one i need And the Knowledge Fight listeners know exactly the one I need. I need the original, the one from 2015 that our Knowledge Fight fans are familiar with as the source of the witches bit. Um, I know it was in 2015, but I don't know the month or the date. I have found a podcast archive of Alex's show from 2015, so if anyone can help me out and even find out just what episode it's on, I have to have that clip, mainly because I desperately want Benedict to hear it. Okay. That's... Sounds like something I desperately don't want to hear. You need to hear it. You need to hear it. I bring it. I say witches so many times. You do. Uh, You need to know about some witches. Uh, So, anyways, today, Benedict, what are we talking about? We're talking about 2022. Mm. One of the the greatest uh, years in the the Julian calendar. Which calendar? Uh, Certainly in the history of this podcast in the NYGBC. (laughs) It's probably, well, it is our best year ever in terms, of, certainly in terms of listenership and growing our wonderful community. It's Absolutely. Definitely our best year. Absolutely. And we read some truly fucking awful, awful books. Awful books. Should we rank them? <laughs> I hadn't thought about it, but should we rank them? Um, well, we only did three in the calendar year, so it's yeah, not hard to rank. I mean, I'll, it is. I'll tell you which ones we did, just okay. in case you don't remember. I don't. So <laughs> we started off the year finishing God and Man at Yale. The worst. That F. was Buckley. the worst one. I can tell you yeah, right now nothing, that was the worst Nothing one. is worse. <laughs> yeah. But we also did American Marxism. Mm-hmm. Which was dumb. Also pretty fucking bad. Also just extremely dumb and stupid. And then, of course, we started on Alex Jones and the Great Reset. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're both going to agree on our ranking there. Great Reset, uh, as far as, okay, which, are we ranking worst to best? Which, what is number one? Is uh, one the worst or is one the best? Why not? It can be both. It can be the worst <laughs> and also the one that I enjoyed the most, which is Alex Jones' okay. one. Which is Alex <laughs> yeah, Jones. I knew sure. we were going to have the same one there. Yeah, yeah. I think I agree with you. Number two, American Marxism. Yep. And the worst, number three, God and Man at Yale. That was just a shit show. It, was, it wasn't even a shit show. It was just boring. It was just yeah, like... Yeah, it was just a man complaining about his college and nobody gave a fuck until the right needed to create a hero. And then it's one of the foundational texts of conservative thinking. Fuck off. Yeah, Ridiculous. and it goes back to... We brought this up a couple times on the show because it's been a source of sort of us looking for things to do. Is that Young Americans for Freedom or Young Americans for Liberty, I forget which one, that reading list they had on their yeah. website. I think it's still up. I haven't looked at it in a while, of like the the books every young conservative should read. And, you know, among it are such things as Pat Buchanan's White Supremacist Screed, Death of the West. Um, uh, uh, You know, just Death, is Death of the West him or is that the one he based his book title on? I can't remember. It's, I have it on my bookshelf in my bedroom. So I'm looking at my bookshelf to see if it's there, but it's not here. I can't remember what the title of it is. But also God and Man at Yale, that was on that list. Um, and and you're right. They consider it a foundational text. And I think now that both of us have read it, 
I can't figure out how they think it is unless they've never read it. Yeah. Um, let me read you some of the, I, I, I have the young America foundation. It's called the young America foundation. Okay. Yes. Uh, 1984 and animal farmer on there. Uh, Those books are not for you. Fahrenheit 451 also. On Orwell <laughs> was a socialist. You dickbags. Yeah. Um, One day in the life of Ivan Denisovich, which I don't believe that any, anybody has read <laughs> by Solzhenitsyn. Uh, Letters to a young conservative by Dinesh D'Souza. <laughs> <laughs> the hits keep on no, rolling. Absolutely. The Road to Serfdom by Hayek. Uh, do, 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 do. Well, hold on. Let me look at the Buckley one. Oh, one, I, one day in the life of even Denisovich is on there twice. <laughs> by, by <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, quite a short list, and they are repeating. Uh, so Buckley, Golden Man at Yale, uh, Getting It Right by Buckley, and Up from Liberalism by Buckley as well. Oh boy. Yeah. And, and again, I think it goes back to you said you don't think they'd ever read the Solzhenitsyn book. I don't think they've read. Whoever put the list together probably just Googled conservative books, right? Nobody's read all those fucking books. None of those dipshits have read all those fucking books. They're a bunch of fucking on like creeps. That's all they are. It is Death of the West, by the way. Death of the West, Um, right. The the white supremacist Pat Buchanan. I mean, all of Pat Buchanan's books are white supremacist because he is a fucking neo-Nazi. Uh, but, you know, that's probably the one that's the most overt out of all of them. Um, okay, and then novels. There's like 20 novels on here. Oh, tell me some of them. Uh, tell me. One of them is One Day in the Life of Evan <laughs> <laughs> Is that a third entry on the list? <laughs> <laughs> and then like te- one of them is The Kite Runner by Khalid Hosseini. <laughs> what? About the what? like Afghani refugee. I remember reading. I think they made us read that in like grade school or high school or something but i don't remember what it was about i remember there being like kites with like broken bottles glued to the string and they were like fighting kites or something like that that's all i remember about it yeah and then uh like 10 of them literally 10 of them are by, are by some dude called brad thor who i oh my god let me tell you about brad okay, thor. okay. let <laughs> me tell you about brad thor so when you're growing up as a young conservative <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not kidding like a dozen out of the two dozen books that are on here a dozen of them are by brad thor yeah so i, I don't remember brad thor is the one who died but there was a conservative novelist who died i want to say like five he's not or dead six. Tell, tell me some of the other uh, authors in that novel section, because it's probably one of them. Uh, Brad Thor, Ayn Rand, John Steinbeck for The Moon Is Down, weirdly. Okay. Uh, C.S. Lewis, Nelson DeMille, Tom Wolfe, Adam Shepard, Ray Bradbury, and George Orwell. And that's it. Okay, so... All yeah, of the rest are... of them are Brad Thor. <laughs> All right, so the one I'm thinking of is not there, but somebody, some one of our, our listeners will probably know who I'm talking about. There's another guy... Who basically, it's trash spy fiction is what Brad Thor writes, mm. but his bad guys are always Muslims. That's, it, it's always Muslims. Okay. It's 9-11 porn. Okay. That's what Brad Thor writes. And that's what this other guy wrote, and I can't remember his name, but I think, top of my head, I think his main character's name was Mitch or something like that. Okay. Um, somebody will hit me up on Twitter and remind me of who this guy is. Uh, I can't remember it off the top of my head. But like, Brad Thor... I, I would read those books when I was a young conservative shithead uh, because they were like Tom Clancy, but always shitting on Muslims. And had it's the, the gr- Scott Horvath series. 
It's like, uh, yeah, that's that's Brad Thor, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. I remember those books. There's one I think uh, of Brad Thor's where there's like these urns that contain some virus that the Muslims are trying to find, so th- that were like buried back in the 15th century, and they're trying to find them so they can do a a plague uh, and kill off all the West or some shit. Jesus, that's yeah. But it's like gratuitous use of the phrase. Well, now, of course, the majority of Muslims are fine, but these ones in my book, they're all evil. Yeah. Right? It's <laughs> just look, He's written shit. 21 books in 20 years, which is a red flag to me, unless you're someone who has done Stephen King in the 80s amount of cocaine. <laughs> like, I'm fine with Stephen King doing it because I know how much cocaine he supposedly did. Mm. Uh well, maybe Brad Thor did. I, will, I, mean, I won't yeah. speculate about Brad hey, Thor. Hey, Tom Clancy's up there too, you yeah. know? Tom, Cl- But you know, Tom Clancy got like other people to write a bunch of his books. Yeah. I think that was Tom Clancy's thing. It probably secret, still is yeah. Tom Clancy's thing. <laughs> Fun stuff. Vince Flynn. Okay. Vince fucking Flynn, I think is the guy. Anyway, uh, maybe we have to yeah. read a Brad Thor book. Oh, God. That would have to be a patron only. Yeah, I, I think, think that so. would have to be a patron only. So. Yeah, oh, it wouldn't be a line-by-line analysis anyways. Uh, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be. Um, anyways, that's delightful. I love that list so much. Yeah, We're going to have to go back too. to it for more material in the future. Yeah. I don't think they've updated it in years. I think it just I don't know. There's static. a debunking the 1619 project on there. So. Oh, okay. Okay. And, by... and Race Marxism by Dr. Ah. James Lindsay. Mm, good stuff. So. Good stuff. Uh, God, we might have to do James no, Lindsay at some point. No, we are point. absolutely not doing that. Um, yeah, anyway. Anyways, Benedict. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Sorry, brief diatribe. <laughs> what we decided we'd talk about this year, right, is uh, the events of the last year. Mm-hmm. That was the sort of the sort of idea of what we wanted to do today. And uh, I mean, I'm not, I don't think I have these chronologically in my list here. Okay. Uh, but uh, these are just some of the things that happened that, of course, I think we want to talk about. So, mm-hmm. Benedict, Ukraine got invaded. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's so weird to go back to these a to year February, later. Yeah, it's it's very odd. Since we, the weird thing is that seeing how it's all played out yeah. since things have happened, with generally I'd say the mainstream right out, you know, and and I do that with my caveat that my argument is that the mainstream right is the far right fascist mm-hmm. right, um, but like the mainstream uh, uh, political right, the political leaders of the right. Uh, sort of rallied behind Ukraine rather than Russia. Uh, while, initially. Initially, certainly. Initially, yeah. Wh- but I was saying, at, while at the same time, their base started rallying around Russia. Uh, or at least doing the just asking questions thing, right? Like, yeah. Uh, like, where's the money going? And then now there's so many conspiracies around the... I don't know how how you how into this you are, but there's this whole conspiracy. So into okay, it. so into there's this it. whole yes. conspiracy now. That Sam Bankman Sam Bankman Fried. <laughs> okay, our listeners might be fortunate enough not to know, so let's explain it. <laughs> okay, Sam Bankman Fried was giving money to the Democrats, and then the Democrats were funneling money to Ukraine and him. It's I, honestly, I don't know if I can even explain it, but it basically it's it's anti-Semitism uh, once again. And it's 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 
thinly laundered anti-semitism as well very very thinly laundered it goes back to like the old nazi gold train uh uh, anti-semitic myths and things like that right yeah where you know it was the the bolsheviks who funded the nazis with that or i don't remember who was it it was the Nazis who funded the Russian Revolution. Oh, don't, don't make me dig out that fucking flowchart. I forget in, which direction that one flows in, in none dare call it conspiracy. That's like a circle in Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, there is that conspiracy. And that's just one of many, right? There are many. Because you have Charlie Kirk. What's well, a Tucker? Uh, go, it's been a Tucker thing, hasn't it? It's so, been a Tucker yeah. thing. And it's been Charlie, you know, Charlie Kirk calls. Uh, I just saw this the other day. Calling uh, Zelensky uh, uh, the the world's welfare queen or something like that blah 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 they're just the 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 base of the right has moved and i'd say probably the majority of them are still on ukraine's side but you certainly have also all the uh attempts to paint ukraine as nazis um which is is interesting given that they have a, a jewish president well <laughs> and that's also been the russian line since well right, for quite a while that was the, they, the whole thing was the denazification of ukraine was was part of their justification right. for invading right it was the um but yeah it's it, you're right it's interesting and i think and and look let me make no mistake there are nazis in ukraine it's been a long known problem that there is a Kevin, large neo nazi presence everywhere. In eastern, yeah, particularly in eastern Ukraine near the Russian border. You know what's on the western border of Russia near Ukraine? Also a lot of Nazis. Yes. Uh, yeah, the Russians that they invaded to... No, I'm kidding. Um, but no, I, I think it's... I, often you can make a distinction between the hyper-online right and the non-hyper-online right, I think. Yeah. And I don't... I, and I think you can do the same on the left as well. But... I think where that distinction blurs is Tucker, right? And I think I think Tucker brings a lot of the online right stuff. And we've talked about this t- before in terms of like iterative like trial balloons almost where like they mm-hmm. launder stuff like the like the um the really partisan right-wing sites like Daily Wire etc launder stuff that they think they can get away with from the likes of like Infowars or whatever. And then yeah. that'll then get laundered again and it'll be like two steps away from InfoWars and then a little less crazy, but like it'll have its origins in InfoWars. Or, and know, there's this similar. weird uh, horseshoe theory going on at the moment of, I wouldn't say it's so weird, it should be just sort of expected because tankies don't understand what Russia is now. Mm. Uh, but you see people like, uh, are you familiar with Caleb Maupin at all? No. He, so do you remember a while back there was that thing, it had like a brief moment in the sun of like some supposedly communist organization that had like, uh, uh, was doing like a, a, a thing where they, they had some sort of presentation and they had the Russian flag and they were like doing weird salutes and shit in mm-hmm. front of a stage. Caleb Maupin is like a fake socialist. He's really just a, a right winger who pretends to be a, a communist. What's his handle? Uh, I don't know his Twitter handle. Yeah, I think I know who he is, but I know him by his handle, not his... Yeah, he's with that organization that pretends to be the Communist Party USA. Yeah, yeah. But they have, like, a slightly different URL and handle and everything and just hope people stumble across them instead. But yeah, you have people like that. And then, of course, you have all the tankies that we all know uh, who spend their time online just pointing out anytime they see a vaguely, uh, you know, white supremacist tattoo on a Ukrainian soldier certainly exists. Nobody thinks it's a good thing. And, you know... Uh, that should certainly be dealt with, but there's only one country that is aggressively invading the other, and you cannot call yourself in fa- you can You can't... This might where I get furious with those sorts of people, mm. is you can't 
uh, claim to be against war and then be in favor of the party that started the war. And the one party that has the power to end the war. Because no country, no group of people, no individual should have to force, uh, should be forced to subject themselves to the power, uh, uh, to another power, to another nation, Mm -hmm. to another group, other peoples. That goes in all aspects of life, right? If you're if you fall along socialist lines, that goes for countries, for managers, for employers, whatever. Mm. It should fall along all of those lines. And what we have is Russia trying to enforce its will upon the Ukrainian people. You cannot, in those circumstances, deny their will to engage Resist. in a defensive war yeah. to protect themselves. Just, you can't. Justice and solidarity to the oppressed in all things. Well, yeah, war is bad. But you have the right to engage in war against the oppressors. Yeah, being the aggressor that, is. I think isn't that, that's that's like a UN statute, isn't it? That you have you literally you have the right to engage in war against oppressive regimes. Like that's the. You know, it's it, there are. I will say there are no UN statutes. There are UN. Fine. We think these things sound really good. Okay, fine. Because um, the UN has no power to enforce anything, yeah. right? <laughs> the UN has no power to actually enforce anything. You're telling me Glenn Beck is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Beck and Alex tell Jones me. and Tucker now Carlson. Yeah. Wow, what all, are we even doing all here? All wrong, Benedict. They're all wrong. Did wow. you know that? No, I didn't. Wow. Wow. Uh, so moving on a little bit. Uh, uh, so anyway, also... Russia war bad, right? That's the that's our Russia conclusion. Russia war bad. But, war. That's but, where we stand. But, uh, well, yes. Uh, and, and I think like the, the kind of tying theme of this episode is we're interested in how this uh affects and motivates and and or is to do with right-wing movements around the globe right and especially the american right and how they're portraying these things how it affects how the american rights talks how it affects online conversations i think that's like our niche interest without us just jumping jumping random random thing to random thing which this may otherwise seem i think that's where (laughs) that, that that's where we have been thinking about this and how how we come to this episode i guess yeah and like i would point to for example the way we tie these things in is you look at figures like marjorie taylor green mm-hmm. and matt gates who i brought up already on this episode who are calling for an end to funding to ukraine which is yeah. a position of all those people who who are in favor of russia mm-hmm. obviously they want russia to win the war and take over ukraine because russia is a fascist state that falls along the lines that they want of Christian nationalism. Mm-hmm. So it is funny fun how quickly they all pivoted from like, "Aren't you scared of the Russian army and its non-woke people?" <laughs> and now they're on to China. Like they're doing that for China now. They're like, "Oh, yep. look at the Chinese military versus the American military." Oh, it's good stuff. Also, good I stuff. mean, the point being, it's still really hard to win guerrilla wars and hold hold land that you take, even as a huge fucking army, as every world power has learned since the 50s like yeah i mean i don't follow the war on a day-to-day basis like i did back at the beginning of it but you know these days it seems a lot the case of just russia just launching bombs and missiles and artillery just as as pure terror just as a form of because they can yeah just because they can yeah uh anyway i hope vladimir putin gets the same uh thing that all all people like him deserve uh, and I will direct you to the fine film, The Death of Stalin, for that. <laughs> Co- um, colon cancer. 
<laughs> I was gonna make a comment about how Beria, uh, Beria's end was more. Oh yeah, Beria's end is good. Yeah, let's do that. That's fine. I fucking love that movie, it's man. Such it's a good so movie. good. I love. It's such I a love good movie. Michael Palin's fantastic in it. Steve uh, Buscemi. Jason also... Isaacs is the highlight of that movie for me. <laughs> They're so. Is it? Who does he play? Brezhnev, and he just comes in and shrugs his coat off. Is yeah, the, he's just, the general. Uh-huh, and yep, he's like, yep. oh, yeah. oh, God, I fucking love that movie. Yeah, so we good. should just do like an episode where we're just talking about movies we love from let's the past do that. year. Let's Patreon. just keep this going, yeah, huh? New uh, show. Next five let's episodes. Yeah. Everything we love from the last year. Yeah, that Best is albums, it. Kevin. Go. I hate to tell you, The Death of Starland was not from the last year. Ah, <laughs> uh, whatever. Doesn't matter. Uh, anyways, Benedict, next thing on my list. Uh, and this one I put down because I look at it as sort of a win for the right in the U.S. Okay. And I think around the world. But this is sort of the year that the U.S. collectively stopped caring about COVID. It's still going on. People are still dying. Yeah, a lot but of people are still dying. For the most part, nobody's going in to get, you know, booster shots anymore. I did. Nobody's wearing masks. I did. I certainly did. By nobody, obviously, you know. If you have to say I did, you're one of those people. Yep. Uh, but, you know, uh, people aren't wearing masks in public anymore. And I, I'd say, like, I'm I'm probably one of those people who, who should wear a mask more often in public, and I probably don't. Um, you know, just going into the grocery store. Sometimes I don't think about it. Uh, but it, it's sort of the right has won on that front because people, you know, nobody wants to live under the circumstances. Yeah, that we lived through I, I also think we tend towards boredom and apathy with things. And if things aren't going to directly affect you, um, I think especially Americans, but I, honestly, like, I don't even think it's an American thing. Like even like, China has given up trying to not have anyone get COVID, right? Like it's, it's, it just is at a certain point, I think unsustainable. It doesn't mean we shouldn't try better. And that's where doing things as a small community and uh, maybe, maybe a little anarchist thinking comes in, you know, even so (laughs) anti-anarchist and not that it's super anarchist to wear a mask everywhere, you know, but like (laughs) thinking about those around you and, and organizing and, and, and caring for your own community rather than relying on the, the state to do it for you, I think is, you know, anarcho-libertarianism for the win. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Don't do that. I just, <laughs> God, what was, isn't there that HB, I haven't watched it yet, but there's that HBO documentary um, about anarcho, anarcho-capitalists or something like that is the name of it, the anarcho-capitalists, and they're all just, they're all just libertarian shitlords. Uh, yeah. I want to watch it. I should watch it. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I thought it was worth noting that, you know, I think most people have noticed in their personal lives that people, and, you know, I live in Missouri, so obviously I'm seeing one presentation of how this works. Yeah, I would say even in New York, though, I mean, it's probably less than 10%. And like, I was on a, I was on an international flight over Christmas, obviously, I went back to the UK, and I would say, again, like, maybe 10% of people. And like, I, I... My issue, not issue, but like, my uh, hypochondria... Um, (laughs) is that like I don't remember what it was like pre-COVID so like you hear people coughing and you're like fuck yeah yeah you always look at whoever it is well not even that not even that just like I like I know that people sometimes cough and they don't have COVID right (laughs) like I know that the common cold is a thing flu is a thing things that aren't COVID exist that could make you cough but then just like Mm -hmm. my own paranoia and weirdness I guess coming out is like how often did people cough before COVID? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I definitely get self-conscious if, like, I drink something and it goes down the wrong pipe and I cough in public. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm I like, have oh, to carry fuck, a mask every- just in case. Everyone's going to think I have COVID just because I drank that bottle of water wrong or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, uh, yeah, it's a weird one. But it was, um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think there is a bit of a pushback on it. I think the long COVID stuff is a bit of a, a bit of a wild card as well. Like, we yeah. don't really know what's going on with that still. Um, well, and then you have people like Charlie Kirk. and Well, I'll, I keep going back to Charlie Kirk because yeah. I follow him so much. But the right, whenever, you know, an athlete has uh, something happen to them, collapses on, I forget the young man's name. I don't watch football that much anymore these days. Oh, Damar Hamlin, yeah. That Damar was, Hamlin that collapses on the field, and they immediately fire off something about COVID vaccines. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, complete horseshit. Complete fucking horseshit, because... This I think it all goes back to the the culture war bullshit they've been into for the last couple of years, ever since COVID started. Mm-hmm. It's all about the culture war. They think that that's their key to getting people to vote for their fascist policies, mm-hmm. is just get them on this culture war bullshit train. If they can convince people that vaccines are killing people or whatever, that COVID isn't real, whatever the fuck they want to say, mm-hmm. then people are going people are gonna to vote for them. Because it's it's flashier, it's better, it's cooler, whatever the fucking case might be. Yeah. Anyways, Benedict... Let's move on. Yeah. I'm, I'm You're sick now. of COVID? <laughs> uh, the queen died this year. She did. Um, and I wanted to just, you know, give you a moment to vent. Because uh, I, I, I don't think we ever gave you that space. Um, <laughs> it's actually, it's, take, it's taken me this long. Loss in your life. It's taken Although me this the long to process it. ways that it affected it. you and the really, I want to just let the listeners know um, that they're not alone in their grief as well. Yeah. Did you lose <laughs> me? I feel like I was talking and you weren't acknowledging me. I did lose you, but who cares? Okay, Keep going. It's fine. Um, no, I, I, I think it's taken me this long to uh, to process it. Uh, and yeah. To process I mean, that your new king wanted to be a tampon? Yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm still processing that. <laughs> to be fair, he didn't want to be a tampon. He said it would be just his luck to come back as a tampon. Okay. <laughs> Uh, which is the worst place to be, the, the worst way to be close to someone intimately, I guess, is is what he was implying. Um, disposable? Yeah, disposable, <laughs> uh, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, no, I mean, I can't say anything because it will technically be treason, but uh, I'm an American citizen now, so fuck it. <laughs> no, I, I think it's, I, I, I do think... Um, Quite genuinely, I think as a staunch non-royalist and Republican in the uh, the British... You heard it here, people. Benedict is a Republican. The British sense of the word. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, 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 it shocked me how much it affected me. Not, not, and, and it didn't affect me in a, in a mourning way. Just it's like a... It, it felt like someone I knew had died, you know, it's, it was a, it was, mm. it was an odd experience as someone who in an ideal world, the Royal family would not be head of the British state to me. I mean, she had been around forever just yeah. for straight up for no, since 19, she'd been queen since 1952. Like her, uncle was a nazi sympathizer like that's how, mm-hmm. <laughs> how far, far yeah. back it goes um okay so remind so uh, i i heard this story somewhere else because okay you had the king's speech guy right that was the guy who was the king during world war ii correct yeah. and he took the throne because the nazi sympathizer wanted to fuck uh, w- well okay the, the way i heard it <laughs> is that the cover story is basically that he wanted to fuck but really a lot of people were concerned that he was a genuine security risk with what was going on with Germany and the Nazis and everything, and really pushed him along and said, hey, hey, 
go fuck all you want. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, I think he he genuinely did, and it was the it was the Americans seducing him, as always happens with the uh, the mm-hmm. poor British uh, upper classes. No, I think he was uh, I think he was quite a famous fucker, actually. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, in multiple senses of the word. Yeah, I forget which one it was. It might have been him. That there's a there's a there was a uh, a brothel in Paris uh, mm. that had a chair that was known as Bertie's fuck chair <laughs> that was specifically made for one of the, uh, the Kings of England. Oh, those Parisian harlots, yeah. uh, seducing your, your poor King. <laughs> no, Ed, that's Edward the seventh. Ed, Edward the seventh had a sex chair. And okay. can I, can I show you a picture of it? Can, we all have, have sex chairs. We all like, have sex chairs. Yeah, but this was in like the 1900s. I feel like that's okay. quite innovative. Um, this is the sex chair. Can you see that? That, you know, uh, it's a fine sex chair. It's not how I would build it, but it's a fine sex chair. Sorry, that was Ed, that was Edward the Sun. Not as high quality as the one that Clooney made in his garage in that movie. I can't remember which one it was. Burn after reading. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, no, sorry. So that that was Edward the Seventh. So I I apologize. That was uh, the father of the one that I was talking about. So oh, he was also a famous fucker. So they're all famous fuckers, uh, Ben. They're all famous fuckers. Yeah, uh, th- basically every king in history has been a dirty slut. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're a dirty king. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. A bad boy. Oh, the Austin Powers doing it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, hundred years war, baby. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely nothing wrong with that as long as it's all consensual. <laughs> Uh, of course. So, Anyways, anyway, basically, I mm. it was it was weird. I think every, all of the royal family stuff it's it's very much like regressed since the queen died. Like the, all the mm. Harry and Meghan stuff, which is I mean, you did see odd. the right sort of come hard against Meghan Markle. Um, yeah, that was happening before. I think the yeah the, no, again, I, I, yeah, it did definitely did happen before. I think just tying it all in yeah. together, you know. Just the denial of racism that they have to engage in to keep their world. Yeah, together. it is racist. It, it is that. But it's also, I think, the British press are very hostile. And I think this is mm-hmm. a historical thing. Are very hostile to... Uh, maybe it's foreigners, but also, like, Americans specifically. And maybe it goes back to the time when a king had to abdicate because he wanted to, to, to get into bed <laughs> with an American. But... Yeah, I think, you know, maybe it is that. But, like, the British press is very hostile to foreigners. Like, it's very... uh, Coming into the royal family because they think it's, like, this uh, pure... Mm-hmm. Uh, bloodline, you know that should pure. yes, the, Benedict. The, I heard you. Pure blood, pure bloodline. That should should I shouldn't be diluted. About. You know, you, uh-huh. nudge nudge, wink wink. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, Anyways, Benedict. Next one, uh, and I have a clip for this one. Oh, cool. Uh, Elon Musk purchased Twitter, and you know why this is on the list because this greatly affected me. This, this was your saddest moment of twenty twenty two. This is the two, true tragedy of the year. And why don't we just uh, give it a little clip? Uh, this is a little shithead named Benny Johnson, who you probably heard of on yep. Newsmax. Oh, he he, uh, he does uh, he does a good Tucker Carlson impression. No, I was unaware. I haven't seen it. Oh, no, uh, he just tried to rebrand himself and started talking like Tucker Carlson. Oh, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. No. And also, well, he got fired for plagiarism from BuzzFeed. Yes, that is who I was yep. about to say about yep. him, for people who didn't know. But here he is. But there is another concurrent nuclear meltdown going on on twitter.com see how his cadence is like tucker carlson's you know the cadence i I see the cadence what he's going no that's what he's he's trying to do he's not very good at it no 
Elon Musk suspended far left wing radical accounts. People who masquerade as journalists, they are not. They're herd animals. Being do you run hear the Tucker Carlson? You know, I I do. I do. I definitely see it. I just don't. He's on Newsmax. I know, I know. Which, How successful could he be? Right? No, no, no. He's a he's an internet influencer, definitely. Yeah. They are hive mind. Well, he's the one who got fired from Turning Point. Or, is he fired from Turning Point USA or did they just cancel his show? I don't remember. I Top of my head. Uh, uh, cool. Lonely. Decrepit incels. They claim to be reporters. They're not. These people are simply doing the bidding of their masters inside of big tech. And inside of big DNC funding, <laughs> these people are absolutely deserving of your scorn. What is the point here? There, what is his point? Is this to do with Twitter? Like, I'm not really... It's just that he doesn't like people. Yeah, that's fine. Neither I mean, he's I, talking about, like, Taylor Lorenz and people who got suspended when Musk went on a fucking, you know, listening to Cat Turd for a fucking week and decided to do whatever the fascist right told him to do. That's that's what this was in response to. Yeah, no, I, and that, look, I, I think Musk is an excellent example of the uh, the glass onion thing that is mm. uh, rich people aren't necessarily smart. And like, I don't think he's necessarily not smart, but that doesn't mean you should run a social media company, right? Is okay, the... okay, we, we need to talk about Glass Onion for a moment. Yeah. Yes, Elon's a dum-dum. He is perfectly encapsulated by Edward Norton's portrayal of a rich guy yeah. in Glass Onion. But we need to talk about the Southern accent. Yeah, okay. it's not a good Southern accent. Also, he watched 50 hours of Foghorn Leghorn <laughs> cartoons. <laughs> and Daniel Craig said, that's it right there. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> it's not great. They, look, there are plenty of British detectives. They could have just made him British. Nope. They didn't have to do a Southern accent. Why? What was the point? I don't get it. Yeah. I don't know. It was a bad. It was bad. Also, I rewatched Knives Out one, and Glass Onion wasn't as good as Knives Out one. But that's fine. really yeah. I think so. Mm, I might have to rewatch it then. Knives Out one is better, definitely. Because I watched Glass Onion after you spent a couple of weeks telling me how good it was. Yeah, uh, I watched it on the plane back from California. Yeah, it's a good it plane movie. Really it's good. a fun. It's yeah, it's a fun movie. It's like the plot is like. It's not revolutionary, but it's it's fun. Okay, and it we're totally it. off the the Twitter conversation sorry, now. We just sorry. have to talk about glass yeah, onion, right? Fine. This is a bigger thing from yeah, last no, year. Than okay, any other yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. So, no, no, I thought it was good. I uh, yeah, I, I I've seen it twice now, um, and I definitely enjoyed it more. Like the the plot is a little like convoluted, I think, um, and like okay, relies on Benedict, a lot of trend. Ben Shapiro couldn't understand the no, plot. No, I know that's the thing. <laughs> so it, it's like these people have never like. I understand if you don't like it. There are artistic reasons not to like it in that it's a bit of a silly, fun movie. If you don't know what mystery writing tropes are, then I can't help you. Like, <laughs> you know? Like, okay, I just want to sit Ben Shapiro down in a room and make him watch Murder on the Orient Express now. And, yeah. and, you're, and you're see his reaction when he finds out people... at the end, they all did it? You're telling me they all did it? What is this shit? Yeah. No, I think that there were people that were artistically critical of it, which I understand. There were people who were politically critical of it and like twisting themselves in knots to be like, this is woke nonsense. And that to <laughs> me is silly. Because there was a black woman? Because the black woman won at the end, I think. I, You know, that was one of the things I couldn't figure out because I could not find a woke narrative in the movie. Well, I, I, think, find I it. think it was read by a lot of people as an anti-Elon Musk movie specifically which i know that it's not 
it's a more anti-Silicon Valley, like, sure. u- ubermensch. But the right has convinced themselves that they are populists who hate the billionaires and the wealthy tech entrepreneurs. How would they... Well, the thing is... Oh, they, wait, they, they do. don't actually have principles and it's all just a facade. I forgot the about that The thing is, they part. do hate most of the tech entrepreneurs. They just don't hate Elon Musk because he likes Sure. Them. Yeah, because he's on their side, yeah. right? Because he listens to Cat Turd. And likes the Babylon Bee, which honestly, there has never been a greater indictment of a person than finding yeah. the Babylon Bee's shtick funny. There really hasn't been. There really hasn't been. So, okay. So, back back to Glass Onion, right? Yeah. So, uh, watch it on the plane. I enjoyed it. No, uh, th- th- people may not have seen it yet. No spoilers. I, I, I won't get in too deep. I think I think most people have probably figured out by now. If, they want, the, the if they want to see it. Yeah, if they want to see yeah. it. But one thing I just want to point out, because uh, we're just completely away from our topic today. We're just doing movie criticism now. Yep. One thing that I, I sort of um, I, I enjoyed about it, and this is something, I'll contrast it with like a really bad movie, like the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies, right? Yep. So this movie used the detective as a, a means of moving the plot forward. The detective was not the point of the story. Mm-hmm. Whereas in those Sherlock Holmes movies... It was about Sherlock Holmes. It wasn't about whatever the mystery was. It was about Sherlock Holmes as a character. Mm. Whereas Daniel Craig's character in Knives Out and Glass Onion, he really just exists as a plot device. And a very good plot device. One that's used used really well and I really enjoyed. uh, In that the story actually focused on the actual characters Mm -hmm. more so than the detective. I love that. Yeah, I... I I know what you mean. I think... A lot of the, the, there's a bit of a cult of personality around Sherlock Holmes, so I, I understand mm-hmm. why. And like Sherlock Holmes has been made so many times, and it's right. just hard to hard to make an original Sherlock Holmes. Um, so pe- I think people try and we're way off topic. I <laughs> absolutely <laughs> opining on things that I haven't thought about in years. This is what most podcasts are like. Jesus I Christ. know. God, you remember when we used to do a weekly, you know, current event I show? It was fun. It was fun. It was fun. It but was. It, it, it like I definitely put my foot in my mouth a lot more on the old show because I would just think, I would just start talking about things that I literally have not thought about for ten years, as if I was an <laughs> expert on the topic, which I know is what you're supposed to do as a podcaster. No, I look. I I think this is just reflection on our own history as podcasters now. I love our new show no, much too. more than anything we el- we did in the past. Me too. Well, we because... just text about what we used to talk about on the show now. So. <laughs> but like, we we are, um, you know, I wouldn't call us experts in any regard, but we spend time looking into the, you know, through the process of reading these books yeah. and researching the things that are said in them. We spend time actually doing more, I would say, much more looking into what we're actually talking about. Uh, than we did when we just you know ran through ten topics on an episode, yeah. uh, talking about what had happened in the week. Right, we do much more actual looking into and, and preparing yeah. uh, than we did back then, and I think it, it results in a better show. I agree. I think it's a better show too. Listeners, awesome. Also, better like last year, Kanye West lost his goddamn oh, mind. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, this is one we're probably going to talk uh, about for for a minute. But I have a clip. I don't. I, have a clip. I don't think it was last year. Also, I think he, I think he was oh, it in a bad started way before, before that. that. Yeah, yeah, started before that. But why don't we start it with a clip of uh, how Fox News reacted uh, to some of the things that Kanye said? This is from earlier on uh, in the whole process, and this is from what's the date on this? Um, October 9th, twenty twenty two. This is something I think this is Fox and Friends, their morning show. 
Let's see what they had to say about it all. We've got other news this morning as well, starting with this. Uh, Ye West threatening to go to war with Jewish people on Twitter. So these shocking remarks come after he appears to imply Diddy, a fellow rapper, was controlled by the Jews on Instagram. Now that account, his Instagram account, has been restricted. Alexandra Hoff joins us with more on this story. Alexandra, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, we wanted to make sure we confirmed all of this. The Instagram restriction... There wasn't much to confirm. Yeah, is his He put the posts up? up and the posts went down. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I also enjoy that they, uh, they they immediately refer to him by his preferred name, which is an interesting uh, yeah. interesting tactic. For Funny Fox that this is the one case where they'll do that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. came first and it appears to have stemmed from a series of screenshots showing a text exchange between Ye and Sean Diddy Combs. The two had been disagreeing on Ye's wearing of a White Lives Matter shirt during a fashion show in Paris last week. The convo contained language by Ye that social media users and the American Jewish Committee called out as anti-Semitic. Instagram has taken down Ye's post and temporarily restricted his ability to share and comment. Now, from there, Ye took to Twitter for the first time since 2020, where he called out Instagram chair and Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, writing, look at this, Mark, how are you going to kick me off Instagram? And then continued with another anti-Jewish statement. The tweet has since been deleted by the company for violating Twitter's rules. We reached out for confirmation of that. But the Times of Israel and the Daily Mail shared it. It read, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going death con three on Jewish people. The funny thing. She doesn't mention that Jewish people was in all caps. Yeah. I think that's one of the things no, you about that tweet. Yell that. That. <laughs> you really look, just as someone who reads tweets and internet comments on the regular to an audience, yep. you do have to yell you when it's yell all, in all caps. caps. Also, my favorite bit about that is that um there was speculation that he said DEFCON three because he didn't know which one was the actual bad one. <laughs> so he went for the one in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. Funny thing is, I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. Also, you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. Now, that was followed by another tweet, quote, who you think created cancel culture. And that second tweet, it does remain up. It's unclear right now how long Ye's Instagram will remain restricted. Bizarre. The American Jewish Committee shared on their Instagram account writing, quote, Kanye West should figure out how to make a point without using anti-Semitism. Well, Rachel Pete. Wouldn't that be lovely if everyone could figure out how to make a point without using anti-Semitism? Mm. Mm. Now, Benedict, we're going to get the reactions from the Fox News morning crew. And, and how do you think they do? Do you think they do great? I would say they would probably do not great. If I okay, if I had to guess, I would see. guess let's not see. great. All right. Thank you, Alexander. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, unfortunate. I mean, there's no... Pretty ugly. It's ugly. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I think they say unfortunate because they had been using Kanye West for the last several months to try and get black people to be Republicans because mm -hmm. they thought that would work. <laughs> and they realized this is really unfortunate for their efforts. Mm-hmm. And, but um, we talked about it earlier without yeah. knowing about these tweets and saying, of course, they're going to put a target after what he said with Tucker. There's going to be a target on him. Who? Also, who? Remember. They're going to put a target on him. They. Who? They. Who? Name they. them. Name after them. After Tucker. Who after the Tucker Carlson interview where Tucker Carlson hid the neo-Nazi shit that Kanye was saying. Yeah. That Tucker Carlson who interview. Who put a target on him? About. Say the name. Who? Yeah. Um, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. But in this particular case, I mean, he brought the target. 
with, yeah. with that. And then the question is, should he be... <laughs> you do not, in fact, have Instagram. to hand it to him. No, you don't. No. And who gets to decide that? Um, or, or, or Facebook or whatever. And I think that's the question. Not just about Kanye, about everybody. Um, that's the it's question. Such a boring talking point. That's the question, is should his neo-Nazi statements be left up on Twitter and Instagram? That's how they went with it. Yep. That's how they ran with the story. That about makes sense. Well, because that's that's the that's the easy way of saying, look, I don't agree with it, but I also don't think anyone should be able to tell you you can't say it. Which, like, sure, fair, whatever. But like that that is that is a a cowardly moral position of not. Well, it's Fox News, yeah, man. <laughs> cowardly movie. moral position is their new slogan. Uh, <laughs> but I thought I'd give a little bit more background on all this we've talked a lot about white supremacist organizations and neo-nazis we've talked about nick fuentes and the groypers please don't make me listen to the black israelite stuff i'm not i'm not i don't have any other clips on this for you i don't have any more but so one thing that uh got a lot of play obviously was when nick fuentes the the neo-nazi leader of the groypers um started working with kanye and i believe he still is today for his you know doomed presidential campaign 2024 His second doomed presidential campaign yeah do you think afro that... man will get more votes than kanye god i hope so i really hope so because afro man is wholesome <laughs> at least i don't know anything bad about afro man right now i'm gonna hedge my bets <laughs> given the track record for a lot of these celebrity candidates who have been going up there uh but so you know the, there, there's a long history of uh what we can't call white supremacy among african-american people but there is a history of Mm anti-semitism among african-american people and a lot of this goes back to somebody we've talked about before a man by the name of billiam cooper benedict uh bill cooper writer of uh behold a pale horse which we've talked about and which i mentioned to you i think back when we covered that uh the original copy of behold a pale horse by bill cooper included in full a reprinting of the protocols of the elders of zion yeah it's not good yeah. And the Wu-Tang Clan, famously, several members of it uh, really loved Bill Cooper and that book in particular. Um, I forget which one it is, but one of them, um, I don't think it was Method Man, uh, but one of them gave a quote to a journalist after Bill Cooper died saying that uh, everybody knew who you were getting fucked. Bill, Co- Bill Cooper told you who was doing the fucking uh, was the gist of the quote. And that's far from the only rappers to ever have a love for Bill Cooper. I've mentioned that there are plenty of rappers who had shout-outs to Bill Cooper or to Behold a Pale Horse on num- numerous records. And you go beyond that. It, it, it was one of the most shoplifted books from bookstores uh, in the history of printed media. Uh, Behold a Pale Horse was. Um, and it was very popular in African-American communities. Um, there's also connections to other figures noted for their anti-Semitism. Most notably, I would say, Louis Farrakhan. Yeah, that's the big one. Very famously, Jay-Z has some troubling connections to Louis Farrakhan. And of course, Jay-Z and his connections to Kanye West, how Kanye got into the music business. Uh, Jay-Z refers to Farrakhan as Minister Farrakhan. Uh, yeah, lots, is... of, lots of people of many races have troubling connections to Louis <laughs> Farrakhan, I would say. In that any connection at all to Louis Farrakhan is reasonably yes. troubling. <laughs> yes, Louis Farrakhan, not a good guy. Not a good guy. <laughs> Uh, so you have a lot of these connections within the African-American community. And I think what you see, and, and Kanye is not the first, uh, you know, famous rapper to start saying some anti-Semitic shit, right? The Wu-Tang Clan, one of the members of the Wu-Tang Clan got in trouble for doing some anti-Semitism back in the day. 
I don't remember which one because I don't I didn't write notes on this before yeah. I started this episode. Um, but he's just the biggest, right? He's one of the biggest music stars of any generation, right? He's huge. Uh, he was literally a billionaire until he started doing all this shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it was bound, I think, to bubble up someday just because of all these connections. Um, and tie into that, obviously, Kanye's mental health issues um, and all these sorts of things he has going on. So when we see him tying up with people like Milo Yiannopoulos, who I will remind everyone, people like us were saying was a white supremacist way back when, when he was still writing for fucking Breitbart mm-hmm. and nobody believed us. And now he's out there with Kanye saying neo-Nazi shit on Alex Jones. Uh, Ali Alexander out there doing the same shit. I think he's still involved with Kanye's campaign. Mm-hmm. And then you have, of course, Nick Fuentes, that little neo-Nazi shit out of Chicago. They're all out there doing it. It's uh, white supremacy and its parallels, anti-Semitic uh, act- activity, uh, just general anti-Semitism, all these sorts of things. And I think that's one of the bigger pivots that uh, this realm, the far-right fascist realm, has taken in recent years is a pivot away from explicitly color-based discrimination mm-hmm. um, in some circles. It's cer- certainly still out there. It's certainly big, and it's certainly not going away. But some of these groups have realized that they can pivot away from color-based discrimination and hatred to straight-up anti-Semitism, and that is easier to code their language Mm -hmm. when they talk about things like globalists or the elite or whoever, and it is easier to attract new people who might want to get involved with them. People who, for example, like Nick Fuentes, might have a Hispanic background. Mm -hmm. You're right? So they can still get involved in anti-Semitism, and hardcore white supremacist groups might not want to get involved with them. Some of them might, because they might see it as advantageous, and they're all a bunch of dipshits. But they can definitely get involved in the anti-Semitic side of things mm. much more explicitly. That's true. It's a broadening of the umbrella to beyond straight, obvious white supremacy to, to uh, yeah, it's, it, I don't want to say pro something because it's, it's anti everything to be yeah. white supremacist, but it's, it's anti something specific and easy, more easily coded, right? It's an, an, it's less pro-white supremacy and more straight anti-Semitic. Yeah. Um, yeah so anyway, it's don't be racist good, or anti-Semitic. That's the it's conclusion of good. that fucking se- segment. Speaking of, Benedict, you had a prime minister for a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, no. no I mean, and now we have a, a, an Indi- a prime minister of Indian origin, so that's good for a diversity. Isn't that great? How he wants everyone to take maths until 18, yeah. which I guess is something. I honestly didn't get what the, the upset was over that, but I get the uh, people are upset, apparently. Well, I mean, it, <laughs> there was some good memes. There was him like there was him saying, square root of 169 or you lose your free bus pass to an elderly woman. That was good. <laughs> Uh, I just saw the video of Simon Pegg talking shit about yeah, him, and I love Simon I, Pegg. I mean, so. it is stupid because essentially, like, what it means is no, nothing you learn. I don't know how they teach maths here, but like, nothing mm-hmm. you learn. Everything beyond the age of like fifteen is like calc. So, like, oh yeah, there's no point learning calculus no, to the to, if you're not until gonna age no, eighteen, absolutely. unless you're going to be a mathematician or a scientist. Like there's, there's really no point learning differential equations and things like that. So it's just, and like some people don't need maths and will never need maths and don't need to be good at maths. There's no point forcing a fish to climb a tree, right? Like Yeah. It, and the, the way I sort of saw what, what it looked like to me was that it was an attempt to, you know, uh, get rid of more of the liberal arts curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. 
in favor of what these people all think is smart stuff, which is just math because it's just learning simple rules and memorizing them mm-hmm. rather than synthesis of complex ideas, which hurts yeah. them and their political popularity. Well, also, I mean, the thing is in the UK, the system is a bit different. So you select essentially three or four subjects to study until you're 18. So we like, we specialize a lot earlier. So okay. to tell someone that one of those three subjects has to be maths and then only the, like the, the other two can be something they enjoy and want to do. That means they're spending a third of the time by net definition doing something that they'll never use and find yeah. stupid. Um, so it's just, it, it's just a bit, uh, you know, uh, uh, tec- technocratically totalitarian or totalitarianly mm. technocratic. Ooh, Benedict, I know some people uh, who might have a problem with that, and they wrote a book called The Great Reset. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, the cabbage won. The, lettuce, the cabbage did the win. Lettuce. It was the lettuce. It was Liz versus the lettuce. Sorry. It's very important to keep the alliteration. Sorry. Um, yeah. And, I, I thought mean, it was a cabbage, though. I thought uh, it was a cabbage. No, was I wrong on that? Maybe. I don't know. I thought, cabbage lasts a lot longer than yeah, lettuce. I cabbage will was, last I think a it lot was longer. A nice, I thought it was an iceberg lettuce. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that they had a party for the lettuce. That was excellent. <laughs> Uh, cut to the live feed of the lettuce and it was singing celebrate good times come on with the like, little flashing lights in the background excellent stuff excellent work that's when I love British tabloid journalism there's nothing better I mean, than British tabloid journalism in these situations it was probably one of the great memes of 2022 yeah one of the great me- and so. that's the only reason it's really on this list because yeah. it was truly a high no, point this is truly a high point. well one of the two things I wanted to be on this list are this and the next thing and it's just because I thought it was really funny and also yep. She's now on the. She's now the shortest serving prime minister ever in history, which is that's tough to beat, man. It's going to be beat. tough to beat that one. You got to die on the same day you take office to beat that. I one. think the previous person that she beat had died in office, so <laughs> I, he, it was like less than a year. And like just like TB back in the eighteen hundreds, yeah, or something. something like that. Literally, yeah, because we've had we've <laughs> we've had prime ministers for a long time. But like, this is also a country where. Literally, you can, like, call a snap election 10 days after if you're not a popular prime minister. So, like, you know, she could have called an election and been like, oh, I'm going to stay on. But I guess I guess she didn't want to. So. Nope. Nope. Because she's a dumb dumb. Yeah. Uh, next one, Benedict. I'm just moving through the list here. We're having a good time. Yep. This is fun. Um, actually, it's probably not the one you thought was coming next. Oh, okay. But, Benedict, the World Cup happened. Oh, it did. And yeah. Uh, who won? Argentina. <laughs> you almost didn't remember for a minute. Yeah, my memory is going. It's a struggle. Um, no, no. See, this is one of those cases where I, I didn't watch a single game. I know nothing about the World Cup, but I know it happened. Yeah. And you watch soccer. So I, do, I thought I'd yeah. give you a treat. No, it was good. I'm glad Messi won. Uh, it's not good that the sports washing worked, uh, which essentially, you know, a whole bunch of people died um, mm. building the stadium so that Qatar could say it was a... Uh, a, a nation that was open to the world, and there's a lot mm. of a lot of propaganda um, that came yeah. out as a result, and a lot of people. And tie, t- right, tying it into our main <laughs> thrust, right? Obviously, the right sort of sort of liked they sort of really liked uh, a lot of of the anti-gay stuff that was going on. Yeah, right they were like, like, "That's their country; they should be allowed to do what they want," which is, you know, a take. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, Benedict. We might have a breaking update here live on the program that will be released tomorrow. Okay. Diamond. Diamond. Of diamond and uh, silk. Of diamond and silk 
is dead. Oh, shit. She died. Uh, a few weeks ago. Oh, wow. Apparently. No, okay, I'm reading from Will Sommer right now, because I have alerts set for Will Sommer. <laughs> uh, Diamond of pro-Trump duo Diamond and Silk has died, comma, according to Trump, period, a few weeks ago, comma. So, come on, Will, you're a journalist. You need to help me here. Did she die a few weeks ago? It says, a few weeks ago, comma, their account said that she had been sick. I think it's a few weeks ago she had, they had said that she was sick on their account. But apparently, Diamond of Diamond and Silk has died, and the news was broken by Donald Trump on Truth Social. Yeah, where he said it by saying Diamond's death was totally unexpected. Probably her big and precious heart just playing gave out. Ooh, which is a man. rough way. Anyway, look, condolences to anyone that dies. Condolences, condolences to her family. Yeah. And, uh, and check out silk. our patron-only review of the Diamond and Silk movie. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I mean, it's still sad. Like, I don't like it when people die. No, but... I don't either. I don't either. But they're horrible fucking people. They are, yeah. That can, that can still be true. Um, yeah. <laughs> where the fuck was I? How do we get back to where, where we were I don't even here? know where we were. I'm completely blindsided. Um, what, what, oh, the Holy World Cup, shit. sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, there was a lot. There was a lot of pro, uh, well, anti-gay mm. propaganda, I guess, from from the right, and like just being like, "Oh, you shouldn't wear a rainbow shirt in Qatar," and yeah, it right. was it was all bad. I I am the party of George Santos uh, would really like you to not wear the rainbow flag. I I will say <laughs> that I am too weak to have not watched the world cup i would have liked to have not watched mm. it in an ideal world i failed um, well don't worry benedict i boycotted the world cup for both thank of you, us kevin i appreciate you <laughs> uh yeah no I, I i don't know i mean there is probably an interesting thing there of like if i can't boycott the world cup then like that always like as someone who's aware of everything and like everything else i suck and acknowledge that <laughs> You know, well, you weren't alone, right? Yeah. Probably uh, half the world was right there with you watching a lot of this. Um, well, that's the and, thing. And yeah. that, like, at what point does an individual action like my... I could have made a conscious decision not to watch it, and I didn't. And yeah. I, I do feel bad about that. You know, I'm one of the people who still boycotts Chick-fil-A. I don't go there, uh, not only because it's a garbage chicken sandwich, but also because of their anti-LGBTQ activity. I don't go to Hobby Lobby. Um, I make these decisions in my life mm. uh, to not patronize. I don't. I still don't buy Goya products. Mm -hmm. I buy other products instead, even though I, I use a lot of those spices and things. Um, that's that's a personal decision, and there are people out there. You know, my the, I always bring up my tanky friend from law school, mm -hmm. uh, who would eat Chick Fil A and who would do all the you know, despite you know walking at the women's march and saying he was for gay rights and all this sort of stuff. And I'd be like, dude, why are you fucking supporting that company that hates me? Mm. Uh, and he'd be like, well, it doesn't matter. Uh, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. Okay. <laughs> there is consumption that is more ethical yeah, than the other option for consumption. Right. Uh, it is more ethical than the other consumption uh, option. Go it to KFC. It doesn't mean that Soylent Green is ethical because there's no sure. ethical consumption under capitalism. Right, exactly. Right? Like, exactly. So one of those things that always comes up. Anyways, Ben, why don't we move on? We just have... Uh, a few other things oh, to end really? off I the episode. I one more. I want to talk about, no, please let me talk more. about Bolsonaro. Elections 2022, Benedict. Yeah, well, this is kind of, I mean, I, I think 
this is it was more politics 2022 to me and the last couple of years i think since the since biden's election is it does seem to me that the temperature of politics in the world has gone down a little Mm -hmm. um i think biden's election like despite we all Nobody wanted Joe Biden to be president, I don't think. Even most of the people that voted for him. I feel exactly how Bo Burnham felt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How is the best scenario in Joe Biden? Um, But with auto-tune. Yeah, exactly. No, my voice is always auto-tuned. That was it. (laughs) Uh, I don't actually sound Oh, yeah. If we take off the auto-tune, Benedict just sounds like T-Pain. It's weird. It works backwards. It's like like a uh, layer of auto-tune. It's like how Adderall doesn't do anything for you if you actually have ADHD. (laughs) Yeah, it's like that. Um. No, I, I just think, uh, you know, between that and, uh, like, France, Macron won again. Um, there's a big resurgence of the left in Latin America as well. It, it feels... Just say Lula already. Just fuck... No, I know no. you want to talk no, about no, it. Just, just say Lula li- already. Literally, almost every country now has a left-wing leader in Latin America. Pretty much. Uh, mm-hmm. Peru didn't go so hot because the guy got impeached, like, very, very quickly. But um, Pedro Castillo, which was not good because he threatened to but, disband Congress like within yeah. six months of being elected president. Um, there are also places where you see uh, fascist retrenchment, right? Hungary, uh, Italy, you do see yeah, fascist yeah. movements no, gaining traction there. You, you're right. I, I think it, to me, like, it does seem as if the fever has broken a bit, but it may just be that we're paying attention less. Well, I I will say, you know, 2016 was like the heyday of the rise of the new fascist right, right? We did see, obviously, Brexit in the UK. We saw Donald Trump win in the United States. We saw, uh, 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 why am I blanking on uh, the French fascist? Le Pen. Le Pen. Pen, Marine Le Pen. She didn't win, but she far outstripped any expectations Mm -hmm. for her, right? There was a big year, and and I think that was the year uh, that uh, Orban won in Hungary. Um, he's won a, he, but, he's won a few times. He's been around right, a while, Obama. Right, but it it was 2016 and maybe you know bleeding into 2017, 2018 were huge years mm-hmm. for the new fascist movement worldwide. And we have, I think, seen a tamping down of some of that. And I think a lot of it is because, and this is what I'll go back to. I've said a number of times, one of the reasons why Trump won is because nobody expected he would win. Mm-hmm. Right, he won by the margin of people who just thought they didn't need to go vote. Uh, people on the left who just thought, ah, you know, Hillary's going to win. There's no way this fucking nutbag wins. Yeah. He said, grab him by the pussy. There's no way that happens, right? 33,000 vote margin in the right states, and he would have lost. Yeah, I mean, having said uh, that, he did get a record number of votes for a losing president in 2020. Wow, so, you like, sound like his spokesperson. No, he did. I mean, he, he did. He did. And, and, and it's the same in Brazil. Like, I'll, I'll get onto Brazil now, I guess. Like, Bolsonaro, despite everything, won like 47% of the vote against like a very very like the most popular leftist in brazil Mm -hmm. so like it's not easy to beat fascists especially when they become entrenched like well then obviously the republicans retook the house in the united states and part of that was gerrymandering part of that was that in midterm elections democrats don't show out in the numbers that they do in presidential elections and a lot of that comes down to the type of, of voters that democrats have versus the type of voters that republicans have right people who work uh, you know, uh, hourly jobs and can't get the time off to go vote like Republicans can generally. People who uh, just, you know, they are activated more by a presidential election 
than they are by a midterm election to just go vote for Congress people mm-hmm. who think in terms of the president as the person who matters rather than their local representative who represents them. Mm-hmm. All those sort of things add up. And then, you know, people will point out that the Republicans won the House popular vote, which they did. If you don't take away the many races where they ran uncontested versus the races where Democrats ran uncontested, which are drastically overbalanced in favor of Republicans, mm-hmm. uh, which takes away that advantage that they had. But, you know, it is it is disheartening that they won, that fascists... And I, I will go to my deathbed saying that the Republican Party in the United States is a fascist party. Mm-hmm. It is. It is a fascist party. And we can see that in the things they're doing in the very early days of the new Congress. Um, but it's disheartening, but I, I, it's much better than I thought it was going to be. I'll go back to that. Yeah. It was much better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I, I, I think having said the temperature's gone down a bit, I think it like it reinforces the point that it is a constant battle um, because it's not easy to beat these people, especially in a, in a two-party system where, you know, it's very easy for people to hold their nose and vote for... F- yeah fascist far-right candidates if they think the other the other option is like a centrist democrat who gets called a leftist a lot like you know it's and their faux populism of blaming someone else for all of their problems does have a lot of appeal yeah of course you it know, does. For, for a party that talks so much about how Personal all of the left yeah yeah, yeah want to blame someone else for their problems and want to you know blah 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 all the stuff we've read in every book we've ever read from one of these guys right where it's all about uh oppression the oppression mm-hmm. olympics for a party that relies on that talking point so much jesus christ do they not blame literally everyone else mm-hmm. for all the problems uh uh and you know it's it like i said it's about activating that faux populism in their base of pointing to you know that guy that brown guy who lives in new mexico who may or may not be here legally i don't know i'm just pointing to him for no reason in particular that's why you lost your job at, you know, the, the convenience store, whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. That's some powerful shit for people who are, you know, we have to remember a lot of times that most of the general public is, is you know, the reason why there's a median is because half the people are above it and half the people are below it. Okay, George Collins. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it appeals to a lot of people with, I will say, simplistic thinking. Simplistic thinking mm-hmm. is is what leads you to believing a lot of that sort of Can stuff. Can I talk about Brazil now? Yeah, and I will start us off with a clip about Brazil. Benedict okay. and I brought for us, we always enjoy Alex Jones clips. Oh, it's no. hard not to. So, of course, I got us a, a little New Year's gift for us. Thank you. An Alex Jones clip about Brazil. So let's see what he had to say. After what happened on Sunday, the Brazilian insurrection. How do you say that in Brazilian? In Portuguese. Uh, insurreção. Okay, well, that's easy enough. It's a, it's a Latin word, so it comes, comes directly now, let to Let me it. talk about this next huge subject. Bolsonaro won in every state, but the biggest city in Brazil, the communist control. What? <laughs> notably, <Morrison>. notably, he <laughs> did not win in every state. And also, mostly did not... He mo- Lula won in mostly rural areas. Actually. Right, but but Benedict, you heard Alex. Bolsonaro won in all the states except for the communist city, the biggest one that Alex can't name, uh, where the communists. Control. I I'm pretty sure he did not win. Actually, I think I think Bolsonaro won in the big cities generally. <laughs> Bull showed he was fifty fifty there, but he lost by almost seventy percent, just like they do in Maricopa County and other key areas like Atlanta and Georgia, where they steal their elections. Okay. 
Surely he can be sued for this. Like, down there admittedly I mean, he's never going to go to Brazil, so who's going to come after him? Yeah. Manipulating things. You have big tech censoring Bolsonaro, which is another form of election meddling. I would say it's not big tech who's been centering Bolsonaro. Uh, it's the nurses at the many hospitals where he's been under constant care because mm-hmm. he keeps going. He, his body is decaying, <laughs> Tr- like truly decaying. I'm almost convinced he has leprosy at this oh, point because he, he just seems to be falling oh, he's ha- He may have had COVID just so many times. It's possible. And voter suppression, which we now know they did the last two elections here. So Bolsonaro won. We know that. No, he didn't. They Get Lula, the communist, out of prison. They bring him back. The military says they're not going to stand by and you know see what's happened in their constitution. But now you have millions of people show up in the capital city. They're calling it the Brazilian January 6th insurrection. Brazil protesters storm Congress, reach presidential palace photos, thousands rampage, make America great copy. He was just reading a Drudge headline. That's yeah, why that was so was. weird and choppy there. Yeah, yeah. That's all he was doing. So can I can I tell you what actually happened? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Bolsonaro... For, for the record, for the record, for people who don't know, Benedict is fluent in Portuguese, yeah. which <laughs> Und- I believe makes him a somewhat more reliable uh, source than Alex Jones on this issue. Understands some of this stuff. Um, <laughs> so Bolsonaro won mostly in the South. He actually won in some of the in the the states of some of the big cities so he won in rio he won in sao paulo which are the two biggest cities um he lost so he won by about 55 percent in those places so 45 he lost big time in the northeast um mm-hmm. which is the so he didn't lose by 70 percent in that one communist controlled city no he did not okay. he uh he essentially he won oh he lost in the northeastern region um up near like Fasifi and Bahia and Pernambuco and he that's where he lost like 75 to 25 um and and that's that's generally a more rural poorer region of Brazil um it was also the region of Brazil where the traffic police who vehemently agreed with with president bolsonaro and wanted him re-elected yep. did random traffic stops on people trying to get to the polls and accused them of being of them of doing illegal busing to the polls were trying to stop people voting so it was a lot closer than it should have been due to people literally not being able to get to the polls and the courts being too afraid to step in for fear of looking biased what then happened was uh bolsonaro has previously said he will either win, he will die, or he will go to jail. And what he did was fled to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, God, the video of him walking around that fucking suburb retirement community oh, looking so place, sad. going to a public uh, yeah, supermarket. Man, fuck you. It's not sad. Jesus. Fuck you. You deserve a Publix. <laughs> um, so I, I, I did see like there was some great tweets of it just like his like face being like so this is french toast <laughs> um, you know there was i saw some things of people being like this the first time he's seen fresh food and like you people realize brazil is brazil is they very have much, so a much developed fresh food yeah they have, it's a developed country right yeah. it's like yes there are poor areas but it's like they have walmarts too i think they're they also have they're also a net exporter of food i think yeah, which is yeah, it's a, a huge exporter. Yeah, of food. yeah, it's, it's the most affluent nation in South America. Yeah, uh, 
and partly because of Lula, because Lula lifted a huge amount of people out of poverty in his last, <laughs> uh, in his last president, in his last presidency. So, yep. um, basically, this is even dumber than January sixth, right? Because hard to be, hard, hard to it be. It is hard to be, but it is because power was transferred on January first. Lula is already <laughs> officially president. Lula, that nobody was in the buildings. The buildings were empty. Cong- yeah, that was the dumbest Congress part. Congress Nobody was even there. Congress doesn't start until February. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's it's just very it, it's very silly. Uh, Bolsonaro is in fucking Florida. Um, mm-hmm. and also like it, it's bizarre to me to see January 6th and the moderate revulsion to that and what happened mm-hmm. and be like let's do it again. Well, to be honest, I don't see it as, see, when you say, saying, let's do it again, it's though there's one hive mind or something. And I, you know, that's not the case. We know that's not the case, right? No, but I do think it is influenced. Like, I I mean, obviously there are. Well, I think that the influence was not seeing the revulsion to January 6th. I think it was seeing how quickly the right in the United States and other parts of the world flipped Mm -hmm. and started saying that it was a good thing or that it was a false flag. What are all the excuses? Everything they've been doing for the last two years since January 6th happened, I think that's really the influence, is that they all just sort of saw that and went, whoa, this is uh, is a good thing to do. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I I think, well, a couple of things. I think um, Bolsonaro is a weird one because he has a lot of celebrity support. Like the Brazil football team, who are largely seen as heroes, are all Bolsonaro supporters, which is odd. Um, not all of them, but like the vast majority of them are like yeah, public, they're all rich, public. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, but like so are a lot. Like I, you know, I, I, I doubt a lot of American sports stars were Trump fans. Like maybe, certainly not publicly, yeah, right? There like, were some noted ones, yeah. Yeah, no, no, but like not like ten out of eleven, right? right? Yeah. Like, it, no, I, yeah, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, so that that's weird. He also lost by less than Trump. Um, and also the other thing is like, he is a military guy, right? Like he's a former colonel. So Mm -hmm. I think there, there was maybe the sense that if the military were forced to step in, then there might just be a way to be like, oh, we'll get the military guy back. You know? See, and that's why I think it's actually not dumber than January 6th. Maybe not. Maybe not. I think it's it's potentially scarier, but I also think it's Mm -hmm. dumber. I think there were some people who thought this could actually turn into a coup. Yeah, maybe. And thought that they'd be able to pull it off. It did lead, however, to one of my favorite videos or like fuck around and find D- out. Don't tell it's... me it's the video of them beating a horse to death. No, it is not that. That was a bad video. No, it's not. Why would that be my favorite video? <laughs> my, fa- my favorite video was them cheering the arrival of the military and then all getting, <laughs> all getting arrested by the military. Yeah, that was a good one. later. <laughs> that was a really good one, yeah. And I think that goes to what you were saying is that they thought the military would be on their side yeah. and it would be a coup. Yeah. I think they thought that. Yeah. But hey, we had a little bit more. Let's see what Alex has to say. Let's keep going with the clip. So as soon as Bolsonaro's out, and as soon as the military and police are under the control of the communist, <laughs> then a big crowd of million shows up to protest, as they did dozens of times with Bolsonaro, and magically a few thousand people in yellow and green t-shirts march up to the Capitol and to the president's palace, and there's literally in these videos like 15 cops lined up 20, 30 feet apart, and they don't even block them. Yeah, do you know what that is? Because they all love Bolsonaro. (laughs) (laughs) 
The military police all love Bolsonaro. That's Similar why. problem we had with a lot of cops on January yeah. 6th. Yeah, exactly. At the crowd, so they go ahead and storm the buildings, and now you've got a legitimate reason they're going to claim to have mass trials and arrest and to go after everybody. And a few thousand people went into the Capitol, went into the president's mansion, went into their White House, and overturned chairs and knocked holes in the walls. So out of millions of people outside... And beat a horse. Yeah. they be- I, Okay, I haven't gotten confirmation that horse was beat to death, but people were saying that the horse was beat to death. Yeah, it's not good. And the video, they are beating that horse. Literally beating well, that horse. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Um, but like they did a lot more damage than he's implying there. Even yes. even just to the like they they like broke some priceless shit. Like not that property matters really, but like it does a bit. Like yeah, peacefully pointing out they didn't buy what was happening. They weren't peacefully. They were smashing people, windows. Most of them communists working for Lula. Go in. And we've seen January 6th repeated 2.0. And hey, Ray Epps didn't want to lie under oath. Oh, Jesus They released Christ. it two weeks ago. He said, I orchestrated breaking into the Capitol. I orchestrated going up there. I orchestrated it. Other folks were saying Brazilians are acting in a movement of civil disobedience, protect our country against the abuse of power, systematic corruption, dictatorship, implemented by Lula. Alex sounds very drunk. He doesn't sound good. Alex, he sounds drunk in this clip. I'll just say it. He very much does. Uh, But yeah, so that's the line, is that this was another January 6th, by which he means another false flag. Because... Because everything's a false flag. You would think he would have learned by now. Maybe we can extradite him to Brazil. (laughs) I'd love to. (laughs) But you know, it's like the the, the same thing he said there. He said that there's going to be mass arrests. That's the same thing that the right has tried to play up in the United States with regards to January okay, 6th. Okay, the thing is that, that... they're going to use it as an excuse to come after you. Yeah. And all that's happened is if you were at January 6th and went into the Capitol, then yes, then yes, they Maybe. are going to come after Maybe. you. Maybe. <laughs> if you're unlucky. Lula will actually arrest some motherfuckers. Like, I am... Yeah. The, the people, people are going to be in trouble in Brazil. I would not... Uh, that's one thing they pointed out uh, on the coverage yesterday was that they had busloads of people they arrested at the scene. They arrested, they like, 700 people. Like, they yeah. are not fucking around. God, we should have done that the day of January 6th. We really should have done They that. really... And, it, like, he was... Pit, like, I've... He was... You know when someone's, like, calmly pissed... <laughs> and he was—he was just like when your mom says your middle name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like these <laughs> fucking fascists are gonna find out what happens when you break dem- democratic norms. Jesus, he was I don't, not happy. I don't think Bolsonaro is ever going back. Uh, I think he's no, staying in. Florida. Okay, we should actually deport him though. Like, the, the, he, I agree. Yeah, like he yep. he came in on a head of state visa before he wasn't the head of state anymore. Mm-hmm. Now he shouldn't be allowed to be here. Agreed. One hundred percent agreed. Anyways, Benedict, that's what we had for today. And you know what? I feel refreshed. Yeah. I enjoyed. I enjoyed that. That was delightful. That was, that was a, a whole an, lot of fun. A, a nice little palate cleanser. Yeah. Get out all that stuff that we, yeah, uh, we've yeah. been keeping inside down deep from the whole yeah, year. Yeah. And I will reiterate my call to action for the audience that I need. I need that witch's clip. So if you can find it, send it to me on Twitter at NYGBCPod. That's probably where you get me easiest. Or you can go over to the Patreon and find it there. But... Can I do a call? Thank- can I do a call to action? Yeah, do it. Tell me you like me. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I need validation to start. Is here. that to me or the audience? Uh, either or both. <laughs> Tell me I'm good at this. Sometimes I, I doubt myself. Everyone, Benedict is needy. I am needy. Benedict I need feeling some, real I need needy right now. Prove you've listened to the end of the until the end of the episode <laughs> by telling me I'm cool. Oh, but thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $1 an episode. For patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early release of episodes, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons. And that's our show. Join us next week when our guest will be Henry Kissinger. That has to go at the end. I really should do that yeah, one at, the end. at the end. I should do that one at the end. Uh, Henry Lewis King Jr., Sarah Wolf, Megan A. Dooley, Gloria Scott, Isaac Horvat, Clifton Stuckey, Paws, Lilith 210, A Baby, wah, Veronica Forker, Melissa C., J.D., George Saunier, Janet Yutter, Stefan, Shannon Hellman, Utah Outcast, Brent Lee, Dave Barwick, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Mockingbird Nation, McCraw, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blast Me, Jay Reynolds, Stephen, and Cindy Dimmick, Taru Takanen, and Balls Waters. And thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Uh, and that's our show. <laughs> Join us next week, and our guest will be Henry Kissinger. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.